Let's pray. Father, indeed we ask that you would bless the reading of your word. Give me your help as I seek to expound uh, your word and apply it to your people. Father, help us to understand what it means when you test your people to see um, whether we are living by faith or not. Help us to live by faith through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose name we pray. Amen. It's about uh, three weeks into the school year, and that means that students are uh, have either had their first test or are preparing to take their first test. I used to get very anxious about tests. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, mainly because I did not prepare for the test, and uh, was so unprepared that I would be very anxious. Uh, after I became a Christian in college and had determined to glorify the Lord in my grades, um, tests became opportunities to shine because I knew I was going to make an A or a B or um, uh, it would be... I didn't think I was going to make a C. So, um, and, and that was borne out because I wanted to honor the Lord with my studies. But I believe that generally people don't like being tested. Uh, most of us are out of school and we're thankful that we no longer have any tests. Well, actually, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you do have tests. Um, Christ tests us. Specifically, He tests our faith. Uh, we have small tests continually. We have a whole range of trials that we face every day. And the question is, will we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Or will we trust in ourselves? We have trials of adversity, trials of sickness, trials of sadness, even trials of of mild persecution. Um, the question is, will we become discontent? Or will we become angry with God? Will we try and fix things in our own strength? Or will we trust God in the midst of those trials? Uh, those are trials of adversity, but we also have trials of, of prosperity. You know, we have everything we need. We can go and buy just about anything that we need. Uh, many of us have good health. We live generally happy lives. We experience favor with other people. But these can be trials as well because we're tempted to forget God when life is going along so smoothly. But every now and then, God doesn't give us just these pop quizzes, these, these uh, small trials. Sometimes He gives us midterms or even final exams. These are large, life-consuming trials. Trials that are beyond our ability to control. You know when people say that God is giving them more than they can take? It's my experience that what they really are saying 
is I'm going through circumstances that I cannot control. And so it seems like more than they can take. But of course, God gives us, never gives us more than we can take. Uh, remember Second, First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. No trial has overtaken you, or no temptation has overtaken you, except what is common to man. And God is faithful; He will make a way out so that you can stand up under it. And nothing God gives you is ever beyond your ability uh, to take. But oftentimes it feels like that because God gives us trials that are beyond our ability to control. Having a sense of control is very important to people. But it is antithetical to what the Bible calls living by faith. And so because Christ is testing your faith, He tests your faith oftentimes with circumstances that are beyond your control. Because if it's in your control, then you can think, then then you can fool yourself into thinking that you've passed the test. And so Christ gives us tests that are out of our control since He wants to see if you are living by your own abilities or whether you are living by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? Living by faith is the essence of living as a Christian. If you're not living by faith, then you are not living as a Christian. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, The righteous shall live by faith. The Apostle Paul quotes this in Romans chapter 1 verse 17. He says again, The righteous shall live by faith. And because Paul talks so much about justification by faith, we think that Paul is saying that the righteous will have life by faith. But that's not what he's saying. He is saying that the righteous, in other words, Christians, will live their lives by faith. Our lives are to be lived by trusting in God's promises for us. Are you living by faith? Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. This is the essence of what it means to live by faith. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And so Christ is going to test us to see if we are living by faith. He's going to test us to see if we are trusting Him as we live our lives. And this is what He did to Philip. Look at, look at our passage, verses 5 and 6. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? What a question. And then John gives a little commentary on what what was going through Jesus' mind. 
he said this, or Jesus said this, to test him, for he knew, for he himself knew what he would do. After Jesus left Jerusalem, he traveled back north, back up to the area around the Sea of Galilee. And word had been spreading about Jesus. They had seen his miracles. And word had gotten out uh, around this area up near the Sea of Galilee that Jesus had come to town. And so crowds began gathering. And this was not just a small crowd. This was 5,000 people. Actually, it says um, in uh, verse 10 that it was 5,000 men. And so then there were women and children as well. How many? Who knows? Seven, eight, ten thousand? A very, very large crowd was uh, coming to see and hear Jesus. Now, a number of people this large will cause uh, some very difficult logistical problems. How will they... How will the crowd find enough uh, food to feed themselves? Uh, We would assume that the crowd in coming out would have brought some of their own food. Uh, We don't know if they had enough food or not. But Jesus asked Philip this question. He said to him, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he puts all the onus on Philip. Where are we to buy the bread, uh, buy the food for all these people? And Philip, uh, we see in verse 7, failed this test. Philip said, uh, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little, or even to get a bite. This is how God tests us. He squeezes us to see what's going to come out. It's like we're unmarked tubes of toothpaste and God squeezes us to see what's going to come out. Uh, you know, other stuff comes out in, in tubes as well besides toothpaste. Uh, a lot of stuff that you wouldn't want to use as toothpaste comes in tubes. In fact, I was talking to Jim Eggert right before the sermon and uh, was asking him about whether this this illustration would be appropriate. And he was saying that uh, one time he accidentally uh, squirted some Bengay onto his toothbrush and uh, used it and found out very quickly it was not toothpaste. Uh, you wouldn't want to put hemorrhoids medicine on your toothpaste. Uh, when our children were infants, uh, there was this stuff that came in a tube. It was called Flanders buttocks ointment. This was diaper cream medicine. And it was great stuff. I mean, it would clear up a rash so quickly. It almost seemed miraculous to me. We'd put it on at one diaper, uh, one diaper change, the next diaper change, everything's cleared up. Great stuff. Uh, Parents with young children, I would highly recommend it. But I would never recommend that you put it on your toothbrush. And so we're like tubes that are unmarked. 
And God squeezes us to find out what's inside us. And so when He squeezes you, what's He going to find? Is He going to find aquafresh toothpaste with flavor burst crystals? Or is He going to find Bengay or Flanders buttocks ointment? What is it going to be? Is it going to be pleasing to God? Or will it not be pleasing to God? What's inside you? See, all of you are going to be squeezed by God at some point in your life. Our older members in our church know exactly what I'm talking about because they have been squeezed many times before. Even some of our younger people have been squeezed by God. They have been put to the test. They have been put inside a trial that is so difficult that it is completely beyond their circumstances. It is completely beyond their ability to control. This is what God has done to Philip. Christ says to Philip, feed these people. Buy these people enough bread to fill their bellies. This is beyond Philip's ability to control. He says if we, if we took um, in verse, verse uh, 7, if we had 200 denarii worth of bread, it would not be enough for each of them to get a little. Has God squeezed you? I know He has. And if you had never been squeezed like that, He will. In fact, some of you are being squeezed right now. Uh, Some of you are living through heartbreaking circumstances even this morning. And you are presently unable to see the way forward out of the trial. This is not uncommon for God to send these types of intense trials into the lives of His children. Abraham went to Egypt because of an intense drought that God sent upon the land of Canaan. And if you, if you remember, as we went through the, the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, I am giving you the land of Canaan to be your possession forever. And then it was later in chapter 12 when God sent the intense drought. So bad that Abraham thought he could not survive. He failed the test. He went down to Egypt. You know what happened. When he got down there, he uh, told his wife, tell them you're my sister so that they won't kill me. And she was taken by Pharaoh to be her wife. And God uh, delivered her. Uh, But Abraham failed the test. Or remember how God said to Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child. Abraham, you are going to have many descendants. But he continued to get older. She was well past childbearing age. And again, Abraham failed the test. He thought, well, I need to, to father a child through um, my wife's maidservant, Hagar. 
And then later on, Abimelech saw Sarah wanted her for his wife. And he said, Say that you are my sister. Failed the test again. And then you remember Genesis 22. God said to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a, sac- as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. In each of these instances, God put Abraham in such a test that it was beyond his ability to control. And the question is, is Abraham going to trust in God or is he going to trust in himself? He tried trusting in himself, made a horrible mess of things. Finally, Genesis 22, he trusted the Lord. I'm sure many of us have tried trusting in our own abilities, tried doing things in our own strength according to our own wisdom, and have made a royal mess of things. Throughout the Bible, you can think of the Israelites. God sends them out in the wilderness, sends them to a place where there is no water, and expects them to trust in Him. And of course, He provides. But they had failed the test. They complained against the Lord. And yet God was merciful and patient with them when they were not patient in the midst of their trial. Throughout the Bible, throughout history, Christians have been sent into severe trials. We're hearing about Christians being martyred, beheaded. Such are the trials that Christians are experiencing right now, even today. I think it was, what, 15, 20 years ago, before September 11th, when I had heard this this statistic that uh, every 18 minutes a Christian was being put to death in the world. And that was before 2001. That was certainly before the rise of, of terrorism, uh, the emboldening of terrorism throughout the world. How many Christians are being put to death even as I speak? Throughout the Bible, throughout history, even in your own lives. We all experience trials. Here's the good news. God already has an outcome planned to bring you through the test, through the trial. Again, look at verse 6. Jesus said this to test Him, for He Himself knew what He would do. Christ already had the outcome planned. And in each one of your trials, God has an outcome planned. So how are you to respond to trials? Well, first of all, you need to remember that Christ already has a plan worked out. You know, I go into the Christian bookstores. Um, I look at the the Christian living section and I see self-help books instead of books on God. 
uh, I see lists of do's and don'ts for every occasion. Here are the steps to how to work out a disagreement with your spouse. Here are the steps on how to raise a child. Here are the steps out of depression, etc., etc. And these books oftentimes, not all of them, but more often than I would like to see, skip over God and go right to the steps that what that, that we are to do. It leaves out the most important part. Trusting in the Lord, not leaning on your own understanding. Trusting Him with all your heart. And so remember, remember God when you are in the midst of the trial. Trust in Him. He's already got His plan for how to bring you out, even if your trial has lasted decades. We get so busy working the steps that we forget the most important step, trusting in the Lord. See, God is in control of all your circumstances. I could, I could stand here till tomorrow and quote Bible verses that say that God is in control. I'm just going to quote three. Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Psalm 135, verse 6. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. Ephesians 1.11 in Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out all things according to the counsel of His own will. In fact, that's why the Bible tells us to rejoice in our trials. Because God's in control. If God wasn't in control, what would be the basis or the foundation for our rejoicing? James 1-2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into trials of various kinds. Trials and tests are good gifts sent by God to test the quality of our faith. And they have the purpose of making us stronger in our faith. James 1-2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, because you know, going on into verses uh, 3 and 4, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So remember that Christ has already worked a plan out for you to bring you through the trial. He will always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Also remember, Christ died for you. He's not going to let you slip through His fingers. His grip on you is sure and solid. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither height, depth, width, breadth, Nothing under all creation is able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so remember Christ when you're in the middle of a trial. And then pray and ask for help. Again, uh, I, I quoted James 1, 2 and through 4, but verses 5 through 8 also tells us how to deal 
with trials. If any of you lacks wisdom, so if you're in the middle of a trial and you're lacking wisdom, what should you do? You should ask God, uh, verse 5, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, James says, you must believe and not doubt. Because see, here's the issue. The issue is living by faith. So when you believe, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So, what are you to do? Remember Christ. And then in remembering Christ, rejoice that He loves you so much that He died for you and that you cannot slip through His hand. This is the response of faith. This is living by faith. I'm sure I've told you about Corrie Ten Boom. Uh, she was a Christian living in one of the German concentration camps. She was a, a, a Jewish Christian. And as bad as things were, all of a sudden they got worse because she got fleas. And she thought to the Lord and prayed to the Lord, God, I want to rejoice in You. I want to rejoice in the trial of living here. But these fleas are unbearable. Help me to rejoice in You. And what she came to find is that the Germans began leaving them alone because they didn't like the fleas either. And she rejoiced um, in the fleas that God had given her. Will you trust Christ during your trials? Will you seek Him for help? Or will you trust in your own understanding and your own resources? Will you remember that God loves you that you are in God's hands. That all of your circumstances are in God's hands. Even while you are going through the trial. It is always test time for God's children. What will He find when He squeezes you? Let's pray together. Father, I pray, first of all, for all those who are going through various trials. Trials that, uh, that feel like they are never-ending. Trials that are beyond their ability to endure. And so I pray that You would help them, wherever they are at, to fix their gaze on Jesus, who joyfully went to the cross to purchase us for God. Father, I pray for those who have uh, fallen in the midst of trial and are discouraged. Remind them of Jesus Christ and how He went to the cross and He endured the cross in order to um, forgive us of our sins to take our mountains of sin and flatten them and remove the guilt of those sins forever. Father, for those who have not yet experienced the, the testing of their faith, I'm reminded of 
of um, the writer of Hebrews writing to the to the Hebrew Christians and how they had not yet uh, been tested to the point of shedding their blood. Lord, we have not yet been tested in that way as well. Lord, for those who have yet to experience the trials that are beyond their ability to control, I ask that uh, when the, the moment comes, you've, you uh, cause them to remember Jesus Christ. Cause them to remember that He will see them through the trial because He has already worked out um, the, the end of it before it even comes. Remind them of how much He loves them. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.